The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. So last week we began a new series titled No Small Dreams. No small dreams. And um, we look at defeating dream deflators. We explained that there are certain things in life that deflate the dreams that God gives us. And we looked at overpowering such things and forging ahead in the, in the dreams that heaven has released to us. So we say in God's family house that there are no small dreams. And so we, we, we say NSD. NSD means no small dreams. No small dreams. In every area of your life, God expects you to have a big dream, a God-sized dream, a dream that it will take God for it to come to pass. I mean, many times we just say to ourselves, let me just stay in my little corner, do my little thing, you know, and, you know, I'll be fine. And God is saying there's more to your life than that. So we, we established last week that there are two main parts of a dream, any dream that we need to understand. And it's affordable for everyone because the truth is this, that when it comes to dreaming, that it doesn't cost anything to dream. It doesn't cost anything to dream. Dreams are free. Dreaming is free. Everyone can afford to dream. So dreaming is not just for the um, philosophical or the elite or the educated. Anyone and everyone can dream. And we also explained last week that everything that is now possible was one time, at one time, impossible. Everything that we see today that is now possible, everything, everything that is now possible was one time impossible. So there was a time that they were saying that it was impossible for man to move faster than 15 kilometers per hour or 25 kilometers per hour or 30 kilometers per hour. But we see with the advent of the car that man can move as far as sometimes 200 kilometers per hour. And your organs are still in place and everything is still intact. So God is challenging us to dream big, not to entertain small dreams. And, we, and if you need to listen to last week's message, please, I want to encourage you to listen to it over and over and over and over again. Because until you have those, that foundation in place, you will be kicking back at a lot of things we are saying today. Because you will be saying, oh, but you know, I tried that before. Or, oh, you know, that doesn't work for me. That may work for everybody else. Oh, but last week, by the grace of God, we took care of all the deflators of our dreams. So why big dreams? In your business, why? Why should you dream big? Why, should you, why shouldn't you just do enough to get by? Because when you dream big and it actually comes to pass, 
it gives glory to God. It gives glory to God. And it inspires people. So we do say that excellence glorifies God and inspires people. When other people see how God has worked in you, they are inspired. They are like, wow, if God can use her, God can use me. And more importantly, you know, it's not about the money you make. I mean, it's good to make money. In fact, if your heart is in the right place, you will do much more for God with more, with more money than less money if your heart is in the right place. So what, what we are saying is this. The, the, the um, lives you change is more important than the money you make. You saw that at um, um, 100 seconds. The lives you change is more important than the money you make. So we have to think beyond the money and see the life. So today we are looking at how to build our dreams. How to build the dreams. You've, you've, you've gotten rid of, of the dream deflators. Now, how do I build my dreams? Now, I must say that today's teaching is, is coming from a very um, high-level, big-picture approach to building dreams. The nitty-gritty of, of, of building dreams, we did a whole series on that, and we titled it Engineering Your Dreams. Engineering Your Dreams. So if you want to get into the nut and bolt of how to take a dream from scratch and build it. The screws, the nuts, the bolts, you need to listen to that series. Again, it's free. You can download it for free and listen to the details. However, from um, a bird's eye view, how do I build my dream? How do we build our dreams? The first thing in building dreams, like we saw at peeped out the other time is that you get wisdom. You get wisdom. To build your dreams, the first thing you do is to get wisdom. Proverbs 24 verse 3. Proverbs 24 verse 3 says in the NKJV, it says, through wisdom a house is built. Through what is a house built? True wisdom. If you have the design, the big picture, the blueprint, and you have it all laid out, God is saying it is still a dream. If you want to begin to build that vision, if you want to begin to build that dream, the first thing you need is what? Is wisdom. Through wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with precious and pleasant riches. So you have to get wisdom at all costs. Regard, pay the price. Get wisdom. Because without wisdom, you cannot build your dream. You need wisdom to build your dreams. The w wisdom is, is, is what takes you from level one to level two. Many times when we think, when somebody has a, 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 a big dream or a big vision, and they talk to people, or maybe they are um, ampered, and they're like, oh, I need X amount of money. I need this money so that 
my dreams can come true. And they seem to suggest that the problem they have in building their dreams is lack of funds. The truth is, most times, people don't have a money problem. People have a wisdom problem. Most times. It's not a money problem. How do you go <laughs> from here? I'm remembering, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I've built businesses by the grace of God. I'm remembering situations where you are stuck and you think, oh, if only I can access funds. But guess what? You need wisdom. That is all you need. If you can get the wisdom, you will build that dream. Another translation puts it this way. It says that wisdom is required. It's a requirement to build a house. Understanding is necessary to make it secure. Knowledge is needed to furnish all the rooms and fill them with beautiful treasures. I pray in the name of Jesus that your house will be built. Amen. That dream will be built. Amen. I pray in the name of Jesus that that house will be secure, Amen. that it will be furnished Amen. with beautiful treasures Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And the God of heaven is saying, Amen. get wisdom. <laughs> get wisdom. So, get wisdom. So, question, question, pastor, how do I get wisdom? Two main reasons, two main ways. If you, again, we've done a whole series of the book of Proverbs and, you know, and how to access wisdom and everything. But I'm just going to distill two things that are indispensable in getting wisdom. If to get wisdom, the first thing is, is this. The scripture says it's totally indispensable. You need to ask God. You need to ask God. You need to pray for wisdom. You need to pray for wisdom. You need to pray for wisdom. James 1.5 James 1.5 says, If you need wisdom, ask a generous God and he will give it to you and he will not rebuke you for asking. You need wisdom, ask God. You know, sometimes you, you need wisdom. People need wisdom. They don't want to ask even God because they want to appear like they have everything together. Now, if you want to appear you have everything together, maybe to your cousin, that's okay. Not really okay, but I mean, it's neither here nor there. Maybe to your friend, that's fine. Sometimes, for some people, maybe to their spouse, they're not even vulnerable. They need to appear that they have everything together. But when you come to God, why are you posing? He sees your everything already anyway. So why are you pretending? So when you come to God, you should be open. You should say to him, I, I, I need wisdom. I really don't know what to do in this situation, Lord. Help me. I need wisdom. I, I mean, countless number of times I've found myself in a fix and all I go to God for is not Money. I don't say, God, oh, we need more money. I don't pray for 
my enemies to die, fall down and die. I don't pray for, all I pray for at such time is what? Is wisdom. Lord, your boy has come. You know that I'm not very intelligent. I need your wisdom. Please open this door of wisdom to your boy. And boom. Begins to flow. <laughs> and that is the secret. You can't build anything without wisdom. It is indispensable. The first thing to do to access the wisdom is to ask God. Is to ask God. The second thing to do, and you see, pray for wisdom is sometimes has become a cliche. I mean, oh, pray for wisdom, oh, pray for wisdom. But when you get to that place, when you know that you cannot really move forward except God gives you insight, that is what I'm talking about. When you get to that place when you're like, I need direction. I need divine direction. Then you position yourself to access the direction. That is when you are praying for wisdom. So the first thing in getting wisdom is to ask God for it. The second thing in getting wisdom, if you want to get wisdom, you ask God. The second thing you have to do, you need to walk with the wise. If all your friends are fools, if you have three friends and three of them are fools, very soon you'll be the fourth fool, <laughs> as, as they say. <laughs> you are the average of the three people you spend the most time with. You have the average of, of who? Three people you spend the most time with. It doesn't matter if you have a PhD. If you spend the most time with nobodies that are not going anywhere, no vision for their lives, you, are the, you will become eventually the average of the summation of their lives. So check. Am I working with wise people or am I working with fools? No disrespect. It's not arrogance. You need to identify some people as fools, if they are fools. So you can say, okay, Femi, pause. Check. One, two, three, four, five. Which one is, am I working with the wise? <laughs> if you are not, you need to, I mean, I'm sure you're hearing this in different ways, at different messages. It's so important. Because for you to, uh, to, to rise up and become all that God has called you to be, if all you are concerned about is I've known him for 20 years, I've known her, we were in the same primary school, oh, we used to share the same desk in kindergarten. Don't trap your destiny. You need to go beyond that. Find wise people. By the way, you know, wise people, before they can be your friend, they need to see that you are wise. So, 
it's like a, 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 a cartoon too. So wise people, when they, see a, when they see a foolish person, they, they are friendly, but they will never be their friend. Because they know that foolishness is contagious. If you spend enough time with a fool, you begin to behave like a fool. I've seen people, smart people, intelligent people, wise people, marry a fool. After a while, they begin to behave like a fool. The spouse has contaminated their lives. Praise the name of the Lord. This is so important. It is, I wish we could spend some more time here. It is so important. You have to ensure that, and this is not about not being friendly, it's not about being cocky, it's not about being, um, it's not about segregation. It's, it's, you love everyone, don't you? But you can't be friends with everyone. You have only 24 hours in a day. President of <laughs> you really cannot be. So what is it going to be? Walk with the wise. Why? The same way foolishness is contagious. Wisdom is contagious. When you walk with wise people, they, the way they make simple decisions, simple decisions, it rubs up on you. Before you know it, you are thinking like them. You are making decisions like they are making. Proverbs 13, Proverbs 13, verse 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and what? And get in trouble. I get in trouble. I get in trouble. Pastor, but, but, you know, uh, I like the jokes, they crack. Oh, but Pastor, I, I like, you know, I like the kind of dress they wear because you know, they are trendy. You can be foolish and be trendy. It is, when you look at people, you think, you, you, you may think they are wise. But when they open their mouth, you know who the fool is. And guess what? I want to do an audit of your life. I challenge you, do an audit. You are the average of the three people you spend the most time with. You are the average of the three people. If you want to be spiritual, find spiritual people. Spiritual people are spiritual even when they are drinking tea. Because it's their way of life. Spiritual people are spiritual even when they are playing games. They are just... Wise people are wise even in the simplest decisions. They are wise. Praise God. So the first thing we need um, in building our dreams is what? Is to get wisdom. Is to get wisdom. The second thing that we need in building our dreams is to stretch our imagination. 
is to stretch our imagination, is to stretch your imagination. Ephesians 3.20 says, the NKJV says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to his power that works in us, is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. When I read that scripture, it's as if God is saying, I dare you to outthink my capabilities. It's as if God is saying, I dare you to outthink my, my capabilities, Femi. I dare you to So, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we can think or imagine. Stretch your imagination. Allow the Holy Spirit, allow the Holy Spirit, expand your vision. Allow him to stretch the way you think. How do you do that? Read your Bible. Read books. Allow God to stretch you. How do you do that? Travel. Leave your village. And when I say travel, many times you're like, oh, okay, pastor, traveling is expensive. Listen, travel, many of you, you spend 80% of your time in this place called Lekki. 90% in Lekki and VI. 100% in Lekki, VI, and Ikoi. Go to Mushi. Travel. Go to Yanopaja. Does it Yano what? Where is that? It's in Lagos. Go to Kokomaiko. Travel. Expand your mind. It expands your mind. It actually expands your mind. In a way you cannot even explain. Just go to the, just, just go there. Travel. Go to a plane. Travel. See, you'll be shocked at the settlement there. At how they think and how they do stuff. You'll be shocked. Travel. Meet creative people. Meet, I mean just meet for fun. You have no agenda. You just want to chit chat. With creative, just travel. Let the Holy Spirit. And as you are doing that, as you are reading, expanding your mind, getting yourself out of your comfort zone, the Holy Spirit, allow him to challenge your thinking. He's going to point your attention to things and say, can you see that? Can you see how they are doing this? Can you see how it's different from how you are doing that? And you allow him to expand. Let the Holy Spirit expand your thinking. Let him expand. How else do you do that? What I do is that I force myself to answer tough questions. Force yourself to answer tough, tough questions. Tough questions like, sit down one day. Sit down when you wake up in the morning. Or when you get home. When you get home, you're, you're home. Sit down. Your wife is not there. Just take um, a cup of tea, a notebook, only you, and ask yourself, what do I really want in life? Force yourself to think about that. What do I really want in life? Most people can't answer that question. As simple as it is. It's not simple, it's tough. What do I really want? What do I really want? What do I really want? Ask the tough questions. What, what will I be doing 
right now, if I had all the resources and failure was not a, a possibility, what will I be doing right now? What will I be doing? Guess what? By the grace of God, I am doing what I, would, I answered that question years ago, decades ago. That what will I be doing if failure was not an option and I had all resources in the world? What will I be doing? I said to myself, I'll be helping people get into their destinies, helping people work with God. That's all I'll be doing. And guess what? That's what I'm doing now. I went to school. I, I mean, I have my degrees, blah, 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 if you will. But I, what do I want? If failure was not a, an option, what do I want? If, if, if my roof over my head and my family, food on our table, all those things were not a problem, what will I be doing with my life? Force yourself to answer that question. Another way, another tough question you could ask is this, and this is interesting. What can God do with my life if I totally surrender to him? What can God do with my life if I totally surrender to him today? If I say to him, that's it, no more games. What can God do with my life? Then visualize the end result. Visualize the end result. Visualize the results. Visualize how does it look like? How does the end result look like? In Hebrews 11, 1, it says, faith is substance. Faith is substance. Substance. Faith is evidence. Faith is, is substance and of things hoped for. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. It's evidence of things not seen. Visualize the, the, the paint the picture. Get a picture book, if you, if you will, if it works with you. You know, there's this thing that women of worship do. They call it um, vision button, <laughs> you know. It's, it's, it's really good, you know. But sometimes I cringe because they do it at the beginning of the year. If you wait till the beginning of the year to do it, it's too late. Oh, they do it at the end of the year. Okay. November. You have done it in this November. Okay. Yeah, puppies' children. <laughs> yeah, I used to think they do that at the end of the year. But it's amazing. It's amazing. For some of us, me, I don't need, my mind, my brain is vision board. My, I mean, I have my ways of keeping the pictures alive. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Get a sister that works with you. For some people, they need to paint things. What does your marriage look like? Paste a picture of you and your husband walking down the street. Put it up there. What does your work look like? Paint a picture of you know, it, 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 it helps. It, that is how to build your dreams. You visualize the results. You visualize the end results. Ephesians 1.18. Ephesians 1.18 says to us, Ephesians 1.18. NIV. Yeah. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be opened, enlightened, in order that you may know the hope for which you have been called. Your heart, there's a, your heart has eyes. Your spirit man has eyes. What you see is very key. You know, they say seeing is believing. And I know that we say believing is seeing. But to another level, seeing is actually believing. 
saying is actually believing. Because the truth is this, it is what you see is what you get. So seeing is believing. What will it look like? Seeing is believing. Visualize the results before it happens. Visualize the results before it happens. Visualize it. What does it look like? Get tokens. We call it point of contact. That helps you keep the vision alive. <laughs> I've said it before. When we wanted to get this land, you know, and when we're having challenges, you know, getting the land, I came in here. I mean, there was so just swamp and, you know, just not accessible as it is today. Even the road, everything was not a, non-existent. I came here with um, one of my colleagues at night and I jumped the fence into this place and I, and I, I didn't steal anything. I just carried the sand. Is that still it? Is that still it now? Is it not sand? <laughs> so I carried the sand. <laughs> and I looked at it. And it was my prayer room until we got the land. Then I was like, oh, we have the land. But I still had it. I still had it at the time. I think I still do. Still do. I, I, I need to look for it now, though. <laughs> and it occurred to me that where I, we actually jumped through was not this one. Well, it was one, one piece. So I said, so that means we need to extend this land because the one I picked was where the car park is right now. Exactly where the car park is right now. That's what, we, that's what I came into. So I kept it. I said, no, 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 no. It's not finished. Until the land was expanded. Visualize it. That is how to take a dream from dream state to reality. You what? Visualize it. Visualize it. How many did I say we'll do? I didn't say. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> Number three. After you've gotten with, get wisdom, go after wisdom. Stretch your imagination. Then you need to establish goals. 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 Philippians 3, 13 to 14. Philippians 3, 13 to 14 um, says to us that, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on one thing, forgetting the past. I look forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize through Christ. So if you go back to it, I press on to, and that's what says, to the goal. So if you don't have a goal, you will not know when you have achieved it or not. So he says, no, 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 I have not achieved it. I focus on one thing, the goal. Many people stop short of their destiny because they didn't keep the goal before them. So they, they stop and they think, oh, I've arrived, I've tried, I've done my own, you know. I've, no, no, 
no, no, no, no, no, no. You need to keep the goal ahead. So if the goal is in front and everybody else is saying, oh, you have made it and you know you have not, so what do you keep doing? You keep running. You say, why are you working so hard? Why are you stressing yourself? Just relax. There are people that don't have half of what you have. It is not about what you have. It's about the lives you change. Praise the name of the Lord. So, you keep, you keep walking. You need to chase down the goal. And the goal has, has to be written. You know, because if it's not written, the truth is it's not clear. If it's not written, it's not clear. If it's not written, it's not clear. Abacock 2, 2 says, write the vision, God was telling, to, telling Abacock, and make it plain. Make it plain on tablets that he may run that reads it. Write it down. What I've shown you. Hebrews 11, 1 says, faith is substance. Yeah. Faith is substance. Faith is tangible. Faith is not vagueness. Faith is not Ambiguous. Goals have to be specific, tangible. So, what are goals? I mean, simply put, every year we do a teaching on, on, on that because it's so important. Simply put, um, goals is like by faith, by X, I want to achieve Y. That's what, simply what it is. So, by close of work today, I want to have replied all my letters. That's a goal. It's clear. It's written down. There's a time to it to deliver it. By the time I am 35, I want to be able, I want to have won 50,000 people to Christ. By the time I'm 35. That's the goal. That's the goal. By the time I'm 40, I want to be able to have gone to 25 nations talking to people about Jesus. That's the goal. That's the goal. That's the goal. So, you need to establish the goal. Get the vision, wisdom, get wisdom. Number two, come on, number two, stretch your imagination. Number three, establish your goals. And number four, so important, is you need to build a team. You need to build a team. You need to build a team. For every dream, there is a team. For every dream. People that want, that think their destiny is about themselves, they only live mediocre lives at best. They are never fulfilled. They are never satisfied. They are suicide prone. All sorts of crazy things happen to them. They may have money, regardless. But, Everyone that will fulfill the greatness that God has for them, that captures a dream, must build a team. You, it's, it's, it's indispensable. Why? Because there is no great dream that can be fulfilled alone. None. 
None. Now, the, 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 the challenge sometimes is that many times when we talk about these things, we don't understand that when we say build a team, it's not about you. It's about the team that is achieving a greater purpose. So you build a team means be a part of the team. Praise the name of the Lord. So, so sometimes you, you, um, you need to be a part of the team. I, I say to folks that when people, I mean, get their children to do sports, I encourage them that they should do um, one team sport, <laughs> like soccer, basketball, where you can see that even though you can be the best player and score three goals, make a hat trick, if you have an Akpere goalkeeper, he can conceive seven. <laughs> and that neutralizes your three. So when you say that the, 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 you, are, you can't do anything if the team does not function, when you now see that your commitment to the team is more important than your personal glorification. And when you are in a team, you are in a team. And of course, the other sport I encourage them to play is single sports where, you are, where your destiny is in your hands. Like single tennis or playing golf where your destiny is in your hands. If you must play those, kind, those two kind of sports to really understand how to tackle different things in life, you know. But when it comes to team, you can't really go far without building a team. You can't. You can't really go far without being a part of a team. You can't. There is a vision that is bigger. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, 10, and 12 says to us, Ecclesiastes 4, Ecclesiastes 4, Ecclesiastes. Okay, I'll just say what it says. It says, two are better than, than one because they have a good reward for their labor. If one falls, the other can lift him up. But even a threefold cord is better. It's not easily broken. So to build your dream, you must be a part of a, a team and f build a team around it. You could say, okay, but pastor, I'm a solo prayer. I, I don't... Um, I don't, I don't have a team. I can't afford to pay anyone right now. You're gonna, I'm, I'm going to um, explain further. But just the concept of, of building teams, um, John Maxwell uh, made a statement. Uh, he said, teamwork 
Teamwork make, makes the dream work. But a vision becomes a nightmare when the leader has a big dream and a bad team. So it's not just to have a team. You must have a good team. If you have a good team, you're good. <laughs> so great people build teams. And if you check all the areas, silos always have problems. They're always vulnerable to, to wolves and foxes. Great people always build teams. So I said I wanted to break this down for us so that um, it's clearer. The major areas of our lives, particularly in the goals card that we usually would talk about, will be, we have eight areas, right? And I want you to tell me. Number one is what? Spiritual, right? What's number two? Not in any order. Not in any particular order. Pardon? Financial. Mm. Financial. Okay, thank you. What's number three? Pardon? Relationships. Relationships. What's number three? Health. Number four. Five. Creativity. <clears throat> Six. Emotional. Emotional growth. Seven. Leisure. Eight. Other material goals. Thank you. Okay. So, let's say, what? Leisure. Is there? Oh, Leisure. Oh, but you understand now. You're wasting my time. You're wasting my time, Joe. <laughs> okay, so, E I. Career. Okay, that's, that's very, that will follow that creativity. But let's, career should be distinct. Let's just say career. But that should, financial, you know, also. But let's just say career. Now, now, don't say business. <laughs> okay, now, so, I'm saying that in these areas, in my career, in your career, listen, you have to build a team that will make your career dreams a reality. So, how, how do you do that? You must have peers. It, it doesn't mean
think they need to sign a form that come and join my team. <laughs> you must have peers. Then you must deliberately build relationships with superiors, with people that will be at the meeting when they are deciding whether you'll be promoted. There are people that will speak for you where you cannot speak for yourself. They have to be part of your career team. So when you form that team, you serve that team. So that when the time comes and they need to promote one person and somebody needs to speak, you have someone in there that is speaking. Uh, President of the Lord. Then another one. Take another one. Come on. Health. Boom. Health. Part of your health team should be your a doctor, a dentist, your fitness crew. So for fitness, you must have a team. Who, are the, who do you work out with? I didn't hear that. Oh, Coach B. <laughs> uh, if you want to attend Coach B, will you last? <laughs> Coach B is very strong. Anyway, so, uh, uh, fitness. Build a team. You can go further with a team than you can go by yourself. Build a team. Build a team. Build a team. Financial. Build a team. Build a team. Spiritual. Spiritual. Build a team. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were Daniel's team when there was a tough problem in the land. And, and, they, and they sent, and Daniel went to the king and said to him, give me some time. What did he, who did he call? He called his team. He called his guys. He said, look, we are going to crack this thing. Let's begin to pray. When push comes to shove, do you have a spiritual team? Which is why you have to be a member of a life group. Your life group leader, your last fellowship leader, you must have relationship with someone that is ahead of you spiritually. You must. And in that relationship, you must be accountable because you are only accountable as you want to be. You must be open because you are only as open as you want to be. Do you have a team? Do you have a team like Daniel could call Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and boom, let's join our hands and let us pray. Do you have a team? Do you have a spiritual team? If you do not, you need to form one today. Join a live group. How do I join a live group? Get the directory at the back, at the information and connection center. Join one. Build the team. But in building your team, it can't just be anyone. You can't just, you can't build your team with just anybody. You can't because everyone you meet is representing a power. Believe it or not, everyone you meet is representing a power. Everyone you meet. So, you get to the office. You meet 
your secondary school mate, 20 years ago, at the office, they say, oh, you argue him. Then you add him to your team. Wrong. Because 20 years, you don't know what has happened. <laughs> you don't know what has happened. It cannot just be anyone. Okay, so um, quickly, um, number one, we said to build your dream, you get wisdom. Number two, stretch your imagination. Number three, establish your goals. Number four, build a team or join the team. Number five, when you've done these four, then you need to commit it to God. You need to commit it to God. You need to commit it to God. Psalm 37, verses 4 and 5, says to us, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Trust also in Him, and He will do it. Commit the dream to God. Commit the dream to God. You see, the rest of your life can and should be the best of your life. One of the keys is committed to God. Committed to God. Regardless of what the economy say, committed to God. Now, you know how big your God is. If somebody asks to you, how big is your God? Many times we sing, I have a very big God. Oh. He's always on my side. A very big God. Oh. So how big is your God? Is it like this? Is it like this? Is this how we know how big your God is? How big is your God? How do we know how big your God is? It's how big your dreams are. That's what tells us how big your God is. The size of your dream tells us the size of your God. Hallelujah. The size of your dreams tells us the size of your God. Because you, you can say, oh, I have a mighty God. He creates all the heavens and the earth. Then you have a chinchini dream that you want to manage. Like that balloon, you know, the balloon of last week that become manageable. The size of your dream Tell us at the least your belief in your God. Tell us how much of this God you actually embrace. Tell us the story of the reality of that God to you. It's not about mounting the bigness of your God. It's not about singing the bigness of your God. It's, we just need to take a look at your dream. And the truth is this. The only limits that God has. The only limit of God's power is the limit you put on him. It's how far you can draw. It's the limits you put on him. He says to Abraham, look as far as you can see. Who determined how big that vision is was Abraham's sight. And one of the common sins of Christian is, is the sin of small vision. You know, I, whenever I hear this, my stomach churn. 
I'm finally able to let it out. And that is what people say to me. I just want to serve God in my own little way. It's, my stomach grumbles. Okay, so you know you've told me that before. So you saw my face. Now you now know why my face was like that. <laughs> oh, I just want to serve God in my own little way. What does that mean? What about saying I want to serve God in a huge, big way? Praise the name of the Lord. Why must it be that it's God you want to serve in your own little way? Then when it comes to your financial goals, you want God to serve you in your very big way. Why? Why can't you say, I want to serve God in as big a way as it will allow. I want to extend my life because God himself has a dream for you. He has a plan for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 he tells us clearly what his, his dream and his plans are. He says, I myself, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans to prosper you. They are plans not to harm you. They are plans to give you a hope and a future. So when you see God in that way, in that new way, you begin to see yourself in a different way. When you see God in a new way, how you should see him, you begin to see your problems in a different way. We are going to start seeing our problems in a different way. You are going to start seeing your spouse, your spouses in, in a different way. You are going to start seeing your children that you think they're a problem. You are going to start seeing them in a different way. When we start seeing God in a different way, and God says, I know the plans I have for you. I know the dreams I have for you. So why should you have a small dream for how God should use you? Why should you want to say, I want just to just serve God in my own little way? Sounds pious. Oh God, this is just my widow's might. <laughs> you know, if you know what the widow's might means, the widow's might is a representation of not what was given, but what was left. The widow's might is a representation of not what was given, but what was left after that might was given. So the widow's might is a representation of what she had left after giving it, which was nothing more. And not the might. So God has a big dream for you. Are you going to cooperate with him? Let's bow down our hearts as we bow down our heads. I want you to, to think about what we have heard. Your life is going to change dramatically. Beginning from today. The king of heaven has come to you today. Why don't you talk to God? Talk to him. Talk to him. Many times you need to, many of us, we need to say we are sorry. You didn't say you are sorry for saying you will serve in, in a little way, your own little way. What does that mean? The big God that has done big things for you, you want to serve in your own little way. That's disrespectful. Why don't you just say you're sorry? I begin to allow God to expand your dream and your vision of serving him. And you may be here, you're like, Pastor, I want to commit my life to this God. I want to commit my life to God. I want to give my life to him. Can I give my life to him? Yes, you can. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. 
Should I come forward? No, you don't need to come forward. But are you stupid with God? Can I come back to him? Yes, you can. That is me, pastor. Put up your hand now, wherever you are seated. I will pray together. Quickly, over your head. I will pray together. If that is you, put it up. Put it up. God bless you. Not on your head. Over your head. Shoot it up. Over your head. Put up that hand. Over your head. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Over there. Over there. Over there. God bless you. Another hand over there. God bless you. That is me, pastor. Pray with me. Shoot up that hand. God bless you. The rest of us, let's talk to him. That is me, pastor. Put up that hand. If you're online, the instructions are scrolling. God bless you. Another hand over there. God bless you. Another hand over there. Another hand over here. God bless you. I want to start a walk with God. God bless you. That is me, pastor. Pray with me. Pray with me. Pray with me. I have made you too small in my eyes. Oh, Forgive me commit our dreams to you. Honor and glory we give unto you, Lord. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Amen. Let's put our together for the Lord Jesus.